down, you bloody treasure-hunting helicopter hatches. It's time for the Real Boys Podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Crumble Donk. And welcome to our <laughs> weekly rendition of Real Boys, Real Bad Films? Question mark? The show where we look at some of the shittiest and most shunted media from all the franchises you know and love. Mookle, what are we looking at this week? Nelson, this week we're looking at a franchise that you may know and love, the Uncharted video game series, which has just had a movie release in the box office on Thursday the 17th of February. Well, how do you like those apples? We've been a little pretty... Yeah, they're pretty average. Just like an apple should be, I guess. A little bit preemptive with this one. (laughs) Obviously, real bad films, as we've seen. Sometimes we do good films. But today, we're looking at the Uncharted film, which we assumed, being a video game film, would be a bad film. Merkel, how'd this one do in the box office? Or how is it doing, I guess, in the box office is probably a more accurate question. Smashing it, actually, to be honest. Really? released internationally. Had a budget of $120 million, Nelson. Yes. If you think about the success of a movie in the box office, the Mm -hmm. rough rubric I've heard before, Nelson, is... yeah. You double the budget to include for advertising, and okay. that's when you know when the movie starts actually making profit. All right. This movie had a budget of $120 million, and it, to date, has generated $139 million worldwide to date. So you could imagine at this pace, after being released for maybe six, seven days, I think? Yes. No, five days. Yes. I reckon by the time this podcast actually gets released to the public, it's probably actually started generating profit, which is insane. It's more than double most video game movies. Wow. Big, big Mooney. Yeah. And the critical reception and the audience reception is actually pretty grim. It's not even fresh on Rotten Tomatoes right now already. Wow. So you could definitely argue that we were right. It was a bad film, but you can also say that this is... Definitely getting a sequel because it's made big mm. dollars for Sony mm. Pictures. Hmm. It sure is, apparently, you're telling me. <laughs> By the <laughs> way, Nelson, <laughs> here's an important thing I want to come back to. Yeah. You shouldn't batten down a fucking helicopter, mate. They've got to fly. Uh, pretty sure I said batten down your helicopter hatches, Mookle. But you look, you shouldn't batten down a helicopter. A helicopter's place is in the sky where it can lift a ship and make it fly. <laughs> was that in the trailer? Yeah, that's definitely in the trailer. That's all for right. sure in the trailer. That's all I sa- I'm saying about it. That's in the trailer. No spoilers, guys. Yeah, this is a movie that, as we said... Um, it's a modern property. It's very modern. So modern that uh, spoilers are probably pretty rough. A lot of people could have mm. not seen it by mm. the time this podcast comes out. So we're going to be disciplined audience. We're going to make sure that there are no spoilers. Yes. And we will give you a big old spoiler warning before they come. We'll say something like, we're going to do spoilers now. And then we'll do them. Hang up. I mean, <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> That's what we'll say. Your call could not be connected. Please yeah, exactly. try the number and try again. Try the number and try again. Ugh. <laughs> Please try the number again. <laughs> try it again. Just give it a try. Just give this film a bloody try because they're trying real hard with a pretty strong title cast, Mookle, although, in my opinion, a pretty strong title, Miss cast mm. <laughs> <laughs> what a sanctimonious hey. laugh that you put in again <laughs> oh thank you uh, i'm all about giving myself credit for when i think i've done a good joke 
That was a great joke, and I think a great joke you would have thought was the casting of mm. Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Ooh, everyone's favourite Brett from everything. Ooh, Cherry, ooh, Spider-Man, ooh, I'm uncharted, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the, the, <laughs> the, the, the Marty McFly <laughs> of me generation. I thought you said, you mean Michael J. Fox. I thought you said that everyone's favourite Brett, and I'm like, he's not called Brett yeah, everybody's in this movie or at all. favourite Brett, Tom Holland. And Mark Wahlberg as Victor Sullivan, or Sully, as he's known mm. in the video game. Playing, uh, not Victor Sully Sullivan, he's playing Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's What's okay, because you know he's Victor Sullivan, because he has the a signature moustache, I believe, in the film, Nelson. So uh, that's going to help the audience. Uh, or does he, Mookal? Maybe we'll get a, a special post-credits to introduce that little uh, uh, tip of the hair on the top of the lip. Because you're not going to get it in the film. No. Uh, much to everyone's chagrin and setting up the scene for how miscast this movie may have been and how much they're willing to divert from yes. the material. We have our third video game character, Chloe Fraser, who is played by Sophia Taylor Ali. Oh, hello. One of the worst Australian accents you've ever heard in your life, Mookal. Made me absolutely furious as an Australian. I hate hearing bad Australian accents. See, I thought this too, and it almost took me out. The because... nerds are screaming. The nerds are screaming. <laughs> well, I didn't even think that it was an Australian accent until maybe like a third into her in the film, because she yes. doesn't whip it out till like a little bit later. But I was actually told that the character itself has a pretty weird accent because she's actually yes. South African and Australian at the same time and her accent's a weird mesh in between. So I think it's not the worst performance after learning that. Yeah. Cool. All right. And yeah. next up, we have our big bad. Ooh. The one, the only Nelson. Ah. Antonio Banderas coming oh. in as Santiago Moncada. Oh, ring, ring. Hello. My name is Antonio Banderas here to... Uh, Phone it in. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like uh, we're going to talk about the cast a little bit after the plot summary. See. <laughs> but I agree. I, I think he could have really added a lot to this movie and he did not. Such a presence, such an actor. One actor who did actually bring a lot, I reckon, though. Mm. Um, relative newcomer who I've seen everywhere and I've actually really liked her in almost anything she's done. Yes. Tati Gabriel as yes. Bardock, who is Antonio Banderas's assassin bodyguard slash rival treasure hunter who has a bit of a past with our character Sully because Mm, he may not be the good old boy that we see in the video games. Yeah, maybe old Sully's up to some uh, bad past tricks. (laughs) And you know what, Nelson? (laughs) How about you break down for the audience some of those bad past tricks because I'd be curious if you could let the audience know a little bit about the plot. Nathan Drake is back and ready for action. He's up to his old tricks again, except this time they're his new tricks. That's right. This is a bloody prequel for the Uncharted series. They've Mm. brought in a young actor, Mr. Tom Holland, to really just hold on to him for the next 30 years until he grows into Nathan Drake. And hopefully Mark Wahlberg grows into Sully. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, But uh, uh, elements of Uncharted 1, 2 and 4 in this film, for what I could see, maybe even some elements of Uncharted 3 in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, But we get a setup. Old Nathan Drake has a brother, brother's name of Sam. Drake. Uh, Sam Drake, both Drakes. He's out of there. He's got some other things to do. Uh, And old Nathan hasn't seen him in a long time. Nathan, I've got bigger fish to fry. Mm. Wait, no, he's actually pretty loving and caring. I'm sorry, Nelson. I completely mischaracterized him. Beautiful brother. Then we cut forward. Boom! 
boom, jump cut. Oh, it's bloody 2022. Probably. This does seem to be set in the modern day. Pretty smartphone, Michael. yeah. Well past the video games. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But he works in a bar now. <laughs> He's a tricky, tricky bartender with tricky, tricky bar tricks. Meanwhile, old Creepy McGrew, old buddy. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Mark Wahlberg's watching from <laughs> the corners. That was a pretty bad Mark Wahlberg. I don't have a good one. Hey, hey, is this your mom? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> Are you just doing quotes from... Um... Yes, Andy Samberg as Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're spot on. Mookle. Uh, he's been watching old Tom Holland's tricks, or Nathan Drake's tricks, I should say, and he likes what he sees. He can turn a trick mm. or two, and he's willing to bloody pay the price for those tricks. Wait, are you saying that Tom Holland's actually a bartender slash prostitute? I don't know what happens behind the scenes, Michael, but right now he's a buddy treasure hunter and Sully needs his help. He baits him in with uh, some information about his brother and potentially information that he could give him about his brother. So Mm. Nathan Drake can come along and help him find Magellan's treasure. Billions of dollars in pirate gold hidden many years ago on a A famous expedition. But meanwhile, we've got to have a bloody rival team, Mookle. Antonio Banderas... Real bad daddy issues. Oh, daddy's selling the fortune. He doesn't like it. That's my fortune, daddy. <laughs> that is my fortune, daddy. Uh, Why is your Antonio Banderas impression Puss in Boots? Because it's the only one. I, you know I can only do cartoon impressions. <laughs> oh, yeah, so if so I have good. to do a celebrity impression, you have to appreciate that I'm doing whatever cartoon character they played. Thank you. Puss On the bright side, you're going to have a lot more material to do your Chris Pratt impression with soon. <laughs> Chris Pratt. Yeah, geez. No, let's, not, <laughs> let's not get to that one I can't wait for that bloody Mario movie but we have uh, Antonio Banderas little daddy's boy and he wants the bloody Magellan's treasure as well he thinks he Mm. should get it Uh, in comes bloody Bardock not to be bloody confused with Goku's father this is a bloody woman and far and away the best actor with the most character and the best character uh, throughout the film I agree um, who he has hired to uh, track down a bloody mysterious cross or maybe even a couple of mysterious crosses which are the keys uh, quotation marks to finding Magellan's treasure yeah and Santiago Moncado he 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 feels really entitled to this treasure just because generations ago his family did initially Mm. pay for and fund the initial expedition they sure did let go of it man no that expedition failed you paid for a failed expedition Yes, but there is always another expedition. <laughs> yeah, well, look, he's willing to pay for it again. And yeah. he, he might be willing to do some dastardly deeds to get the job done, Nelson. Do, 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 do. A little bit of blood on old Antonio's hands. Uh, but that basically sets up our film. We have our mm-hmm. two competing treasure hunting groups looking for that Magellan's treasure. A f- Third party, as you've mentioned, Chloe comes along. She's got a bloody cross as well. Um, and it turns out you need two bloody crosses to find Magellan's treasure, Moogle. Mm. But I think that's quite enough about the plot. I think that sets us up. Two parties fighting for the bloody treasure. Who's going to get it? Ooh, a couple of red herrings along the way, hey? Maybe the treasure's not where they thought it was. Maybe the people who are in charge of finding the treasure aren't who they thought they were, eh? <laughs> wonk, okay. wonk, wonk. Uh, just laying a little bit of foreshadow. Uh, for Maybe you who haven't seen the film. Yeah, let's see if I come back to this, Michael. We know I like to drop through lines and then never ever refer back to them. Yeah, it's perfect, and that's uh, you know, if anyway, if anything, that's a through line to the series of podcasts as opposed to the podcast episodes themselves. Audience, yes. so time to meta listen. But 
meta listen to this audience. Nutty meta listen to this. Because yeah, I I know what you mean. Like the movie just kind of becomes pretty bland after that. Like it's a very yeah very stereotypical formulaic version of what this movie genre has kind of been distilled to over the ge- generations. For what it is, it feels mm. oddly linear. But yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I think uh, you're right. It's it's oddly linear, and there's twists and turns because that's yeah. the whole purpose. But. None of them catch you by surprise no. because it's really clear that it's just going off like a really old school script that has just been done as everyone tries to emulate Indiana Jones. Similar to the In games the itself, day. right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that a movie like this can work. Agreed. As long as the performances from the actors are bang on. Yes. And what you're facing into here, Michael, is a film with characters who've already been incredibly well played Mm. Uh, in their video games, uh, Nathan Drake by Nolan North, who turns out an excellent performance in the video games. Now, I'm not saying, Michael, yeah. I'm not going to be one of those guys who's like, hey, it should have been Nolan North, it should have been Nathan Fillion, because they're both fucking old now. And yeah, yeah. Th- this is really, we've got to consider the profit margins of all this, And right? also, I think, to be fair, voice acting is a completely different skill, because yeah, there's um, audience, there's a bit of a cameo from Nolan North, which was really enjoyable to see. Yes. He well, can't uh, act well, though, clearly. Well, his body and his facial expressions weren't... He carries you out voice. of the film a lot because he is a real Dude. character actor. Um, I will say, though, not a voice actor um, for the Uncharted series. That was all motion capture. So he, he's, oh, he he's a motion all. capture artist. In fact, if you ever watch Con Men, um, yep. it's a short TV series uh, based around Alan Tudyk. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's he's in that, and he plays a mocap actor in that, and it's fantastic. Basically, a character Ooh. of himself. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not saying it should have been him. Um, but I don't think Tom Holland fits that mold. I get that he got he's got like the little quirks, right? And yeah. the and the and the silliness, um, and the awkwardness that Nathan Drake has a little bit of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I don't know, Tom Holland is Tom Holland to me, you know? I'm not seeing the Nathan Drake in him. Yeah, I know what you mean, and I I haven't necessarily played the video game, so I don't have the huge love of this, but I could already tell that when I was watching this, you have a movie with Tom Holland being Tom Holland. Yep. With some quirks that seem to be tailored for the actor. Agreed. Sorry for the character, but you Agreed. also have Mark Wahlberg, who's probably a far worse, a far worse example yes. of this. Who is Mark Wahlberg in everything? And I yeah. think it's it's so fascinating. You get a char- set of characters that need to be portrayed in a way that's true to the fans, mm-hmm. but you also get two people in Hollywood who aren't character actors and are probably currently the biggest personality-based actors besides. Mm-hmm. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, if they of tried course. to cast him as some of the boulders that they were. I mean, climbing there up. was jungle in this. I, I, when I saw the yeah, guy yeah, in the yeah. jungle, I was like, "Bloody Dwayne should be in this." He's hey? gonna come up, and he's gonna be in a beautiful khaki shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's only in the third act. He won't do a film unless he's in it for two thirds, <laughs> yeah. and those two thirds are all jungle based. <laughs> they could have almost got there if they just put in a little more jungle. Just a little more jungle, and you could have had Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing Buddy Sully. How do you like that? Yeah, I'd love. It. And like they acted well, and I think they both did put some effort into it. Like I think they mm. cared about it, uh, especially Tom Holland's physicality from Spider Man and his previous acrobatic training. Phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. He you can looked- see physically why Tom Holland is in this role because he can play the part physically. He's jumping around. He's getting hit into stuff. He's, yeah. You know, he's a real action hero through and through. I'll give you that. And like a really cool thing, and I actually watched a video comparison of the video game movements and Tom Holland. He yes. clearly. 
modeled his movements after the video game character. There's some cool scene matchups that you can see. So Really? Yeah, he did a lot. But when it comes to the the thing that pulls these movies forwards, which is and mm-hmm. these video games, it's gonna be the banter between Sully and Nathan Drake. Yes. And they had pretty reasonable dialogue to work with. They had mm. okay banter. However, it was Mark Wahlberg talking to Tom Holland every scene. Yeah, it sure was. Take him out of this film. They don't need to be Sully and they don't no. need to be Nathan Drake. I understand when we move into films, we're making adaptations. But again, when you're looking at such well-established characters, uh, even younger versions of these characters, mm. um, I'll be interested to see how Tom Holland ages into the character of Nathan Drake. I'm hoping Drake. he gets the Zac Efron treatment. Where he turns from like quite pretty boyish man for up until his 30s yeah. and then gets jacked yeah. as hell. Just muscles the most masculine everywhere. He's ever already met. so muscular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already so muscular. Tom Holland is going to become the next Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Every actor from now on because they're going to start off in films. Yes. They're going to do an action film. They're going to get shredded for their age. Mm-hmm. By the time they're 40... Every male actor in this generation is going to accidentally turn into the Dwayne the Rock Johnson yeah. by default. Good. <laughs> Good. So, two actors that did really well in this film, though. Mm-hmm. And I have to say it. Well, you don't agree as much. But I agree I really with liked Sophia Taylor Ali in the way that she made her character seem like it was motivated effectively. Yes. And the way she carried tension in scenes. I think that was really good. Yeah, she was a bit of a tricksy trickster. She did that well. Yeah, she was probably like... Playing the emotional connection while showing that she was too hard to let those emotional connections be the leading (laughs) motivator for her actions. There's always an element of betrayal with this character, eh? And I think that's the thing, because... Her character probably had the most flawed arc and the most infuriating arc. And she was part of one of the biggest symptoms of this film that I found infuriating, which was they overplayed the betrayal trope so much. Mm, And they played it a couple of times. Who can you trust, Moogle? I think it was three times in one scene. Uh, There's trust issues between bloody Nathan and Sully. There's trust issues between Sully and Chloe. Um, uh, Nathan and Chloe have no trust issues, but then massive trust issues. Bardock and Sully have trust issues, but that's fine because they always have them because they're always trying to kill each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some semblance of a relationship there in the past that we don't ever really die deep into I don't think Moogle we get a very romantic scene of them uh, strangling each other with their legs uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. as they fight and uh, Mark Wahlberg smashes her through a pane of, <laughs> of glass to get to a key to unlock uh, the bloody fountain because uh, Nathan Drake and Chloe are drowning in a water temple yeah that happened and you're right that's like one of the scenes where that's probably the the height of all the betrayals that yes. you don't even know if it ends up with them being on the same side or not at the end it's so many betrayals don't worry about it it's not a spoiler because it just goes in so many twists in one mm-hmm. scene that it ends up being a net similarity and this would make me hate right Sophia Taylor's character Chloe yes you would think that she would be so hateable given that she was the Brunt of all of these ridiculous motivations. Yes, but I still kind of liked her at the end of the film, and I think that means okay. she did a good job. Yeah, I mean she she's she she, she she's going to the next one, mate. Yeah, hey? yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, the the star performance, uh, Teddy Gab- Gabriel, really good. I've never seen her do action before. Yeah, and she looked fucking deadly. Like, oh I, yeah, she, she can fight, dude. Yeah, that was the one character that you believe the motivations of the entire way through the film. And she was genuinely intimidating all throughout. Yeah. One character 
video mm. game based character or not, who certainly was not what we were all oh, expecting. Video this film. game Johnson himself, yes. Santiago Moncado, played by Antonio Banderas. Yes. I was not a fan of his performance. He kind of just meandered throughout the whole film and carried almost zero gravitas as Antonio yeah. Banderas. I, I genuinely think he did a more convincing role and was more bought into the Spy Kids movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, he did a good Spy Man. He did a good Spider-Man and a loving father. I believed him as that. Yes. I don't believe him at all as the character that he played in this movie. He is a very beautiful person. I think they were thinking, look, Antonio Banderas has been out of the uh, Western film uh, mm. scene for a while now. He's been doing a lot of Spanish films. Um, so maybe they thought there was enough separation that, oh, we can bloody separate Antonio Banderas from his bloody Zorro origins. Everyone's going to see him as a bad <laughs> guy. And maybe young people will, but a couple of oldies like this, we see him and we go, oh, hi, Dad. How you doing? Oh, you're angry. Why are you angry, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him be a bad guy before and he's good at it. He wasn't in this film. No, he wasn't. But I think in some ways that may have been the writing, Michael. And uh, I think there was just a general lack of character development for Antonio Banderas's character. He flashes in here and there. We see a couple mm-hmm. of foreboding, um, I guess, uh, moments. But for yep. the most part, you know, he's just kind of in the background. We're seeing a lot of Nathan Bobbing Drake. around, being angry. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's getting everyone else to do the work for him, right? So he's just... The man behind the chair bloody yeah uh, bardock father of goku's doing all the bloody work yeah yeah and i think that really does help our character shine i think an important thing to distinguish for the audience is we are upset with a lot of the factors that came in to build this movie i think a really important thing is it's just a pretty okay kind of generic treasure hunting movie there's nothing yes. really wrong with it and there's a lot of good points nah. but I think that, to be honest, it's just a little too by the books, a little boring, and there's too much talent involved, including the writers and the director, to see it become something that kind of leaves you just kind of thinking, okay, I guess I've seen it now, right? Yeah, it was just, it felt like a very average film. It was was a little little too slow. Um, Yep. Uh, Michael, uh, we'd usually have done Death Count by now, but the Death Count doesn't really start to kick off until an hour in the film. If you're not counting the bloody flash forward at the start of the film that they give Mm. us towards uh, the end of the film, eh? Yeah, and I think that flash forward, um, everyone's seen the trailer, really captures some of the good things that happen in this film. because good action, good set pieces, right? Yes, and I want to talk a little bit about some of those set pieces because they really are the star of this film, more so than Tom Holland, who I really think did the best he could do. He just Ah. shouldn't have been cast. He did a great job and put a lot of effort in. But how about that cargo plane scene? That was actually pretty impressive. And I believe that's from, is that from Uncharted 4? Uh, The video uh, game? think so maybe uncharted i don't know i can't i can never remember i know there's the train scene in uncharted 3 or mm. 2 oh it's been a while since i played through the old uncharted collection yeah i mean it's pretty old game series so you probably played them when they came out but Ooh. i really love that scene because you see the start of it in a trailer but to be honest that's probably one of the first times when the tension builds up there's a mm. bit of action and they do a perfect in between of the absurdity that you're able to do in a video game and the kind of grounded reality that they were trying to actually pull off in this movie. I actually thought, I really liked that. That that kept me engaged from start to finish. Yes. It set the tone pretty well by having it be slightly goofy, especially with the actions of Chloe Fraser's. Yeah. And I thought it was, yeah, I loved it. I loved every moment of it, especially with them plummeting to the ground. Sully immediately just getting the fuck out of there before the set piece even kicked off because he's a slimy little bastard in this movie. He doesn't like to get his hands dirty, old Mark Sullivan. Yeah, but I thought it was great. I think 
you've seen to a bit of it in the trailer, but yeah. I think that's almost worth the ticket. That one scene alone, because it's it is a little groundbreaking. And I think a complaint I've heard about this is the video games themselves are always groundbreaking. They're always yes. pushing whatever console they're on to the absolute limit. Yes, Naughty Dog's good at that. They utilize those bloody graphics. That's it. But in this movie, I think this maybe pushed movie making a little bit. I think it was not quite there, but I really enjoyed this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think there was some action. There was some good tension sometimes, but I think it was too far and... Uh, I think it's too few and far between. Um, yes. And I think, to be honest... A lot Nelson, of talking about betraying before an action set piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know what? I liked it better than Skip Trace's formula, so it's got yeah. that going for it. 100%. I mean, this is an action movie. This is a popcorn flick. If you're going in expecting, you know, a middling action film, you're going to get exactly that, a middling action film. If you're going in here mm. expecting an uncharted film, though, if you're going in expecting, you know, the quality of writing and experience that you would Ooh. get from Naughty Dog in any one of their more recent video games, or even if we're going back to Crash Bloody Bandicoot yeah, in its yeah. time, you know, one of the first real conversions from 2D to 3D platformers. Yeah. This is not going to ever stand up to those standards, right? No, and I think you put this really well before we actually started the podcast, Nelson, because essentially the whole purpose of the Uncharted series, as you explain it to me, is it's about grabbing that childhood joy of watching Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. And the Uncharted series gives you the power to take control of such a dynamic, heroic goofy, entertaining character in all these hectic situations. Absolutely. It's an additional layer on top of the already established experience, right? It's bringing it into a new medium to add more engagement and put you in the shoes of Indiana Jones, which, you know, I think as kids we all bloody wanted to be in bloody Indiana Jones shoes, eh? Tripping about, because I assume Harrison Ford had big feet and I was a kid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, getting getting chased by boulders and getting scared of snakes. Right. Getting too lazy to sword fight and shooting a guy in the stomach. (laughs) It's all about efficiency, Mookal. But yeah, and I think the interesting thing is if you get that video game that takes the heart of Indiana Jones, waters down the plot a bit because you kind of have to for it to be a video game. Correct. Water down the characters a tiny bit, but have them have some personalities and then turns that into a movie while pulling it away from that interactivity. Now you've just got... Well past India Jones has passed its prime. Yeah. An even more watered down version of that hitting the cinemas. Yeah. Exactly. Perfectly put, Michael. You're stripping back a layer. This is never, ever going to live up to the expectations set by the video games because this is not an evolution. This is taking something that evolved and reverting it back into a simpler, worse format Mm. you know nathan drake can be a bit of a plain everyman in the video games because you're in his shoes you're assigning your personality to him so he has you know a bit of a vanilla personality but has those Mm. quirks to it as well to keep you engaged and then obviously if you move into uncharted 4 really that's a heavily heavily character driven piece right that's really Mm. really about nathan drake as a person um but yeah you strip that back um you, you put that same character into a film and you lose a lot, I think, right? Yeah, You're not yeah. getting a very engaging character. You're getting a bit of a blank slate. And that's why mm. I feel like you see Tom Holland playing Nathan Drake in this film. You don't see Nathan Drake. Because no. Nathan Drake is you. And Nathan Drake is me. And Nathan Drake mm. is any person who picks up that bloody controller. Although, to be fair, Tom Holland is almost en- the only actor we see in Hollywood. So maybe Tom Holland is everyone in this new world. Yeah, well, so I'm putting down my case. bloody controller, mate, all right? <laughs> I'm putting down my bloody controller. He didn't play Spider-Man in the Sony Spider-Man games, mate. 
<laughs> All right, Nelson. Well, I think it's time. Um, this is actually normally the time, as, as you're well aware, um, where we would take to our sponsor. Oh, that's episode. right, Michael. I think it's time to go to our sponsor. Huge Nelson. one today. Our final yeah, of the uh, ten. Nelson, so, um, uh, so I didn't know how to bring it up to you, so I figured I'd do it while we're recording uh, to, okay. to temper reactions. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's good or bad. I'm following it up, but Crunchy Stew for the first time ever didn't actually he didn't actually send the recording. Um, and I've tried to contact him through like the five means I've had to figure out to contact him with as he dots around wherever he is, and, and yeah. I've got zero replies. So but- um, no sponsor for this this episode. Um, and so- and I guess I have to follow that up. So does that mean? Did he pay us? No. So, d- is he going to pay us? Uh, that's a good point. I mean, he, he said uh, the the deal you made, I think, was was after ten he would pay us some amount. Yes, uh, that was that was the agreement, Michael. I, I I was concerned last week when he said he was bloody going away somewhere, but you said not to worry about that handling the sponsorship. I think yeah, I don't think that's exactly what I said, but that's well, fine. that's what I'm saying. You said, and no one's going to listen back to an hour and a half podcast <laughs> just to confirm that detail. Uh, well, I think the important thing is Nelson that, um, yeah, maybe he's found a loophole. I guess because he hasn't done the tenth one. Uh, um, don't no. Mm. He needs to fucking pay us, Michael. To be fair, while I said I'd handle the previous contract, I did say that I would handle the contract in which, Nelson, I quote, he will pay us whatever he wants at the end. So, regardless... He hasn't ended, Michael. This is what I'm saying. Well, I'm just saying we're not losing out on the potential one cent he was going to send us. So, I'm not too upset, if you know what I mean, Nelson. We didn't even technically get guaranteed well you might not be upset michael but i have just taken out several loans Mm. under my new name crumble donk of course in order to repair my rental property that he broke two holes in the walls of i've been kicked out of that rental property michael and now Mm. i'm homeless and i'll tell you what when i go to people and say hi my name is crumble donk they usually just shut the door (laughs) yeah i mean i'm gonna let you in for a couple couple of uh entries i'm so sorry today about the inconvenience but um, that's separate, right, from the well, contract. That's that's your contract with him, uh, with your new podcast venture, right? Like that's completely separate. I should have seen this coming from a mile away. Um, but um, anyway, audience. So, what do we do here? Uh, I guess we just go on with the show, Nelson. I don't um, think. Okay. Um, are you okay? Yeah, just a little bit thrown. Usually, we get a little break while. Um, Crunchy Stew does his thing, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. Moving r- right along, uh, Michael. I think let's head into bloody spoiling territory. I think it's that time, Nelson. Oh. Uh, we've done a pretty good job, I think, this time of uh, not spoiling anything in the plot, and I think that it's time to let loose. Let's let everyone know what's happening and what we really think about the end of this movie, Nelson. Mm-hmm. So first off, first spoiler I want to give you, Nelson. Oh, hello, spoiler time. Antonio Menderes was red herring. He gets killed by Bardock because she's actually going to be leading this expedition from oh. here on out, Nelson. She is indeed. Michael, uh, did you just say something about a fucking death? That must mean it's time for Death Count! You alright? Yeah, it's time for Death Count! What's the matter with you? 
How do I know you're real? It's time for death count! That real enough for you? Ooh, looking for treasure and fucking killing kids! Yeah, it's time for death dude. count. That's right, it's time for death count. The segment where we count how many people, animals, and things died in the films we're watching. Mookle... Uh, you know, middle ground death count for you today. Not mm, as large okay. as the whole population of the planet as we saw in Snowpiercer. <laughs> Which was like a gimme that I just needed because there was too many deaths in the so actual So bad film. here. But this time we cut a clean 20, Nelson. Ooh, I like a nice crisp number. Run us through these bloody deaths, Moogle. I will. Uh, so, uh, no animals, uh, no vague beings. We've literally just got 20 people died in this field. No. First and foremost, we have... Yes. Antonio Banderas' character's daddy... No, I'm your dad. ...whose throat is slit by <laughs> a bardock. There's only one thing we say it's due, right? To make sure he doesn't spoil this expedition by giving away all the family fortune, mm-hmm. Nelson. Keep it in the family, hey, Michael? Although it doesn't stay in the family for long, Nelson, no. because, as we've already said, shortly afterwards, Santiago Moncada mm. is the second death in this film as Bardock oh. betrays him the exact same throat slit as he's oh. given a his poor speech to all of his troops who had already been bought out by Bardock, Nelson. You're damn right. And as we all know, when a throat gets cut, what kind of uh, damage, what kind of spillage does it leave? A small red line across your throat with a single drop of blood. (laughs) Yeah, no spats, no nothing. No. Very clean cut. He's pretty old. It's probably half coagulated by that point, Nelson. That was all of his blood coming out. Just that one line. That's all that's left. He was high altitude. Maybe that was actually scientifically based. Although I think it would make it run faster. So correct me. I will myself. The scientists (laughs) are going crazy. All right. And then it's just grunt death by grunt death by grunt death from that point on, Nelson. Because we've got the the cargo plane scene. Yes. Not particularly aggressive on the death count. But we have... Four men, in total four grunts, killed in probably the most entertaining fashion in the film. We've got one guy absolutely ploughed by a crate, which is falling out of the back of the cargo plane. Mm-hmm, ah. See you later, flying off into the sky. See you later, alligator. And in a while, crocodile, Nelson, we're going to have two other grunts who are shot quickly by Chloe Fraser. Ooh, and flung out of the edge of it. One guy who's just kind of tossed off a crate by Tom Holland at the end of the scene. Yeah, it gives him a good kick and then apologises for kicking the guy off. Oh my god, I'm so sorry! He's like, that was totally reactionary, I'm so sorry, but he can't hear him. Who's he doing that for? <laughs> Apologising for a murder doesn't not make it a murder, Michael. He's doing it for us because that's a good witticism and it makes you love the character. I did like that line, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, no, it was a good one. It was a good one. It was very cute. And then it's... Not that many deaths again. It's not a hugely death-heavy film. Mm, really, um, really segmented into these two biggest action scenes, right? We have this first yes. action scene on the plane where there's all the cargo flying out the back. And then uh, I think our final action scene, right, Michael's where the majority of the rest happens. Yeah, exactly. And boy, do they happen. We've got another 15 to go, Nelson. Ooh, uh, let's do them. Actually, we've got another 14 to go. Yes. Because the set piece that you, 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 you've already said, it was a... Something that was shown briefly in the trailer. There's Mm. just a 10-minute to 15-minute scene where after they found the treasure in these old-school Spanish galleons, Mm -hmm. they 
Heli carry them out, which the the whole setup for that made no sense. How'd they get it out of that cave? Yep. Why was the cave a hole? Why was a hole in the cave? Let's over get those to it because I want to I want to talk about some specifics <laughs> of this final action scene too, Michael. Let's uh let's yeah. concentrate on the death. So I'm let's hungry stick for blood. To what's important. Here's a bit of dying. So first and foremost. We've got our boys. We've got Nathan Drake and Sully on one of the galleons. Yes. And on the other Being galleon... flown by helicopters. Bloody helicopter, ships helicopter. in space, mate. Ships in aerospace, baby. Because Zingle. we've got these two boys on one ship and we've got a bunch of bad guys on the other ship. Oh, dear. What's going to happen? Those bad boys are going to try to get over there. They're going to swing over. Mm. Five of them. Little quick dispatch force. Off they go. Off they go, they manage to mostly get on safely. One of them, though, just flings himself off of the ship off the wrong side and fucks up and dies immediately. Mm-hmm. Really over uh, overcompensated on that swing. Yeah, and then the four remaining are pretty easily dispatched by Sully and Nathan Drake. What do you say we head down there and end this thing? Once and for all. Which mm-hmm. you can understand Sully, but it makes no sense. Nathan Drake is always a very young Nathan Drake is just beating the shit out of people without explaining how he's so good at this mm. while beating up men far taller than him. Yes. And far stronger. Yeah. And then lastly, one little mini boss comes onto it and then he just gets quickly dispatched without a very entertaining scene at all, to be honest. He just yeah. gets killed. Yep. Yep. So yeah. Boom. Dead idiots. Then guess what we have now? What? We have just another five people who come on and die again. <laughs> yeah, slish slash sloosh. These are cannon fodder at best, but that's a bloody segue into the next death, Michael. Yes, indeed, because two men, and these are the brutes that have been terrorizing mm. Nathan Drake throughout mm. the entirety of this film. One of Kinda them very like Sully alone for the most part, but they hate Nathan Drake. They hate him, and I think it's all spawned from the start of the film. You see, one of them is a Scottish man with a very thick <laughs> Scottish yeah. accent. He comes at uh, Nathan Drake at the start of the film, goes, and Nathan Drake. Rightly says, I do not understand a thing you're saying. So uh, there's a little uh, little uh, uh, rivalry there. Yeah, a little bit of back and forth, a little bit of a tennis match, a little tennis ball to and fro, Nelson. Mm. Or a cannonball to and fro, Michael, as you were saying. Yeah, because luckily the cannons on this really old ship and the gunpowder that Ooh. they have to use with them, all very dry, all in operational order. And Nathan sets up a perfect shot to manage to shoot an old-timey cannon from the ship, bang, straight into the blades of the helicopter to send those two boys falling to their demise. Yeah, and that wraps up the death count, Michael. I just want to say, it does seem there seems to be a little bit of a trend forming with our modern properties. Both our death counts have ended with a helicopter explosion. Except for this one, in which case the final death is Bardock as she is finally beaten. You are so right. (laughs) Well done, Michael. She is finally beaten. She hits the water. You know what you think, Nelson? Hey, we know how these movies work. We've seen Skip Trace. Poetic bloody justice. Although, don't worry about it. A ship smashes straight into her face. She's probably dead. Unless the fans indicate what they have, that she was the only good thing about the movie. I reckon she's coming back, Nelson, but she will count as the final death of this death count for all intents and purposes. And that wraps up the death count. Well handled, Michael. All 20 deaths this time. Very, very impressive stuff. Yeah. 
yes, I can't wait to come back next week to do my property that has one bloody death. You know, I'm always protecting myself. <laughs> I picked this one for you is the most infuriating part for me. In the just, <laughs> I was supposed to do the death count, but my poor little eyes couldn't read my notes in the movie theaters. <laughs> Hey, it was hard. It's much harder to do this live, audience. We're going to get a lot more of these wrong, but we're pretty confident we managed to pull it off together. We sure are. Michael, um, I want to talk about a little bit uh, video game movies, just as concepts. Yes. Right? So, video game movies, our expectations, are naturally lower, right? Yes. Good. What up? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're gonna go a bit longer. <laughs> yep, I was gonna go a bit longer, but I realised I kind of already made the point. About <laughs> Uncharted, but this is my point. So obviously, the first video game movie of all time, one of no, it's my favourite film of all time, the Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers movie, nineteen. How dare you? you know it's objectively bad? You I know it's objectively it. bad, but it is still my favourite film because it's yeah. a moment in history, right? Yeah, it set the bar for everything to come, and then we were followed Low. by. Notoriously bad films Notoriously bad video game movies Street Fighter Mortal Kombat Mm -hmm. Annihilation Mortal Kombat 1 is actually okay Not as violent But that's a very very watchable film Um, But still a pretty average film You got Dead or Alive Dead or Alive DOA Yes um, A bunch of very very average video game Hitman Adaptations Hitman Twice I think Yeah yeah a couple times I tried Didn't work I love Timothy Oliphant Still didn't work I was gonna say Timothy Oliphant played him in one didn't he You love your bloody Timothy Oliphant Yeah So the bar for video game movies Has been set extraordinarily low low which is why yep. you have films like sonic why you have films like uncharted doing mm. well today because as we've said this is a very middling film sonic is a buddy cop road trip film right yeah <laughs> and this is a treasure hunt movie a treasure hunt em up as they like to call them in the i'm day. gonna use these two points of comparison sonic or uncharted better michael why Oh, yeah, I think that's good. Um, so, I think a really important thing is Sonic's a buddy cop, but it's also a... Um, Children's it's a, movie. It's a child's movie, so I think that's yes. a big caveat. I think as a kid's movie, and the fact that they pulled Sonic out of the world, that's mm-hmm. ma- helping it. But I genuinely still enjoyed Uncharted more holistically, but Did I didn't enjoy either of them that much. There you go. See, I enjoyed Sonic more, and the reason why is because... You love cartoons? Well, no, Sonic games are fucking atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, The lowest bar has been set for a Sonic game, which is why when people come out of a Sonic movie, which is an average film, the critical reception's <laughs> quite good, because their expectations are fucking rock bottom. Yeah, when yeah. When you walk into a film like this, a film film like Uncharted, your expectations are sky fucking high because there has Mm. only been quality come out of Naughty Dog in the last 20, 30 years. Since their formation, essentially, you know, I'm sure we we can discount some bloody Atari 2600 games Uh, that they did uh years ago or whatever it is. Bloody television, that's not a console, that's something we all use. But um, (laughs) uh, you know what I mean, Michael. Um, Yeah, Sonic's better than this, but only because Sonic is worse than this. Yeah, I see what you mean. I I, I, I like that. That's a cool comparison, I think. Yes. We're talking about a franchise... Uh, we're talking about a genre of films that has a bar set so low that the lower the bar of the game is set, that it's better. That's, yeah. that's rejecting. And I that's think the trick. Might. Take a bad game, make an okay <laughs> movie. Don't take a good game and make a shit movie. That's the mistake that we keep on making. I know, Nelson. They tried it with Battleship and it was still very shit, Ryan. I didn't oh, do much to make that very I did not good. see that film. <laughs> Channing Tatum was in that, wasn't he? I think so. And oh, I think geez. this might actually, Nelson, you, this might be selling yeah. my argument that 
movies are dying as a medium and they're yes. going to be overtaken by a series because another Naughty Dog franchise that's actually going to be coming to the silver screen, although the one in your house, mm-hmm. Last of Us, the perfect, yes. potentially perfect thing to make a TV series adaptation of is going mm. to also be coming to the streaming services soon. So maybe that TV series is going to be the best video game adaptation we will have. Cause maybe. Or maybe it'll be the bloody Walking Dead 2. It'll go on for 15 fucking seasons and no one will care about it anymore. I love I love Walking Dead. <laughs> I, I well, can get do past the second. The bloody Mandalorian playing uh, Joel in it. And he is a fantastic, fantastic actor. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. He's so good. Fan. And, and I think you could have the same problem because obviously that video game is more movie than video game. So yes. it could not work, but I'm excited. I like The Last of Us well. Well, The Last of Us is really personally driven. It needs to be a TV series because it is so specifically character driven, whereas Uncharted as a, as, a, as, a, as a game traditionally is very action heavy with the fourth being mm. the exception where it's very, very much a character piece. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think you make a good point, Nelson. I think it probably will be a while before we get a good video game adaptation, but I will have a little caveat. I'm going to set my money on The Last of Us working out, but it won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm setting my expectations low. One thing that I found really interesting from what I've heard of the game and the adaptation is yeah. I understand that the characters, they're, they're, you know, they're ruffians, they're treasure hunters, but mm. overall they're pretty altruistic guys, I understand. They're pretty good. Pretty good guys have good intentions, even though they're a bit selfish. Yes. These guys are the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the worst thing is, okay, so Sully, yeah. they set it up very clear that he's a sleazy yep. slime ball who's willing to do anything, including a lot of betrayals to get money until yes. he forms the right relationship with Nathan Drake that turns him to the point that, to be honest, pretty decent character arc at the end of the movie. He yeah. finally sacrifices the money for Nathan Drake's life, which yes. he wouldn't have done before. Which and is you a- can see the build-up to it. Yeah, which for sure. Which isn't in all movies. But they're horrible. And, and Nathan Drake has demonstrated throughout this movie that he knows better. They're doing the classic treasure hunter thing where yeah. they don't care about the, the history of no. the object... All they care about is the gold that's held within. And they that's destroy right. the shit out of some of the most interesting historical finds well, that they can. they're not archaeologists. They're bloody grave robbers, essentially. Yeah, but Nathan Drake Treasure has robbers. A clear respect for every single aspect of history. And you know that his character knows better. Mm-hmm. But they're criminals, Nelson. Well, and they have no respect for history, Michael, because they take no qualms with destroying those fucking ancient boats. And that's what I'm saying. But every time you hear Nathan Drake talk about it, Mm. he talks about the context. He's like, oh my God, do you know? Yeah, he knows so much about it. Do you know what we're seeing? He's not talking about treasure. No. He's talking about the historic context, but he still blows it up anyway. Yes, he sure does. I did a little research, Nelson. You need that money, mate. Because these guys are definitely criminals. Yeah. Because yeah. treasure hunting you're allowed to do. Really? However... Let's go. They're in the Philippines. Yes. So, you're allowed to do treasure hunting as long as you seek out a treasure hunting permit from the government. Wow. Let's say Sully did do that. He didn't. There's no, no way he did. He's of course a piece of not. But even if they did that, the actual treasure is the property mm-hmm. of the National Gallery of the Philippines. Okay? I see. Destroying that property is known as a crime called malicious mischief. Wow. If it's over a thousand pesos of damage, which Uh I think we can agree these billion dollar galleons were. 
Mm. And they even state that they're worth probably more than the treasure, just the galleons themselves. Yeah, right. Is a prison sentence of eight to ten years. So, so I can... want to see these boys put away. They are bad dudes. They don't care about anything they should care about. No. They're a dying breed in 2022. You don't treasure hunt anymore. Yes. Lock them up. Throw away the key. Put them in with Sam, who we find out is in prison later on. Yep. In the post credit scene. Sure do, Michael. But look, they're not the only criminals. And I think you've done a good job of um, really talking up our friend... Bardock, who again is one of the stronger performances, but I want to touch on something in this last fucking scene, Michael. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah. So, Nathan Drake uh, finds the bloody galleons uh, with full of bullions. Galleons full of bullions. Oh, look at all this old terminology. Um, Also, small thing, anyone who's watched this movie, I'm pretty sure they weren't actually galleons and they say what they are in the film. Don't at me. Actually, do at me because I want to remember now. At Real Boys on Instagram. (laughs) But galleons is pretty close. Yeah, absolutely. He finds them. Uh, so does bloody Sully, but so does bloody Bardock and team. They blow mm. through the cave that they have to swim under to find. Um, and she specifically says to her crew, if you make one mark on these ships, yes. I'll make a bloody mark on you that you'll never bloody forget. Now, Michael, as we see, mm. these boats are then airlifted by helicopter, helicopter while helicopter. Nathan Drake and Sully are secretly squirreling away some of the gold on the ships. Mm. And uh, off starts a bloody chase when they realise, and they just start absolutely blowing each other's ships up. Yeah. Any regard for the expense of the galleons goes well and truly out the window mm. as they start to blow the crap out of it. Now, Now, there's a choice and a moment that Bardock can make here because as they're flying out, I think Sully gets control of one of the helicopters and just fucks off with it, like really goes with it, right? And she's riding on the galleon, the other galleon. Chasing them down, yeah. Correct. And they go straight past the ship, as in like the boat that they're supposed to land these old galleons on, right? These old ships on. Yep. Right? Um, So they go and then uh, Bardock is on the other one. Yep. Great idea right now drop one of the ships off just take the bloody helicopter (laughs) but how are you gonna smash that helicopter into the other ship nelson well my point is that they destroy the ships in this process she had a fully working ship and i get i'll tell you what michael one thing is better than no things and that's what they (laughs) bloody end up with because they destroy them no regard it just becomes about fucking up nathan drake for her (laughs) that's such a good point and i think i completely agree with you although if if there's one character who could pull this off they have made it very clear that Bardock is absolutely bloodthirsty. Yeah, you're right. So maybe she just saw red that whole time. But Jesus, that's a good point. She could have saved a lot of money and probably still killed those boys. And maybe not even died. Like, yeah. again, if you go, all right, well, they've got a fucking ship. We can either go and try and fight them. But, like, yeah. how are we going to stop them? Blow up the helicopter, then the galleon drops to the fucking ground. Like, what's the plan there? Yeah. Well, the plan's to have bloody Pirates of the Caribbean in the sky <laughs> as they fucking do. And it's that's it. It's a set piece, right? And it's a cool yeah. action scene. And it's a cool action set piece. And I'm I'm sure all the fucking executives at Disney reached all their fucking hands down Johnny Depp's pants and just started wanking him off ready for the next fucking Pirates when they saw that. <laughs> I mean, if they let him back on, I think it's still up for up for discussion. <laughs> That's a good point. There's a lot of questions there. Um, but yeah, dude, it's just like the decisions made to get to that point were obviously made to get to that point. Yeah, definitely. That's we a good plot hole, Nelson. I like it. And I think... To be honest, I think that plot hole sums up the movie as best as anything could, Nelson. I think 
Do you reckon we're ready to bury this one and wait hundreds of years to pull it back up again, perhaps? I reckon I'm going to put this on a ship, bloody drive that ship into a cave that you can't access via the ocean. How'd they get the bloody ship in there? Who cares? And squirrel it away for 100,000 years. Mm, Let's do it, Nelson. Okie dokie. How would you say you rate this film, Nelson? Is it a really bad film or a really bad film question mark? Oh, that is a good question, Michael. This is a real... For my mind, this is a real bad film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. actually. This is a popcorn movie. Um, it, I, I'm not excited to see another Uncharted movie. Mm. I would much rather go back and play the Uncharted games because, as I've said, it's removing an element that didn't need to be removed in order to make it accessible to a different audience. Slash the same audience. Slash the same audience be because, exactly, the people don't go see video game movies uh, because they want to see a video game movie they go and see a video game movie because they're invested in the franchise it's associated with right yes yes well that's really good that's fascinating because i think it's really good to have the different perspectives because i never played the video games and i don't have that love for them i can understand that this wouldn't have suited the video game lovers i mean they did some kind of cool things i like that they they added in the the video game elements in like kind of winky nods that were far better than Solo. He gets his holsters, Sully yes. gets his cigar, he gets his mustache. Yeah, but this is just fucking, is this is just Solo, a Star Wars story, mate. But Telling us origins of shit we don't need to I know. know origins of. No, but they didn't like, like, like pan to it and say, these are the dice oh, I want. Oh, it just yeah, happens, which just I think is pretty cool. Yeah, you're right. They didn't really focus in on it. Yep. Yeah. But I think as someone who didn't care that much about the games, I think what I have to say is, yep. this is definitely a real bad film, question mark, because... Okay. It was a pretty decent middling action treasure hunt movie. Okay. It just was. And I, if you're really into this genre, you're going to be okay with it. You're going to think it was a pretty good addition to the genre. But I agree. If I was a fan, I was frustrated by the fact that I could tell that Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg weren't doing these characters justice. Yes. And this was not knowing who these characters were. So I think you're in for a disappointment if you love these video games. Mm, bit of a divisive uh, on that one, Michael. We're usually more in agreeance. But uh, yeah, real bad film for me. Real bad film question mark for you. Ooh. That body wraps up Uncharted, which means it's time for everybody's favourite segment. Ooh. Ooh. Searching around, searching the town. Is there gold in your ship? Pitch that sitch. (laughs) It's time for Pitch That Sitch, the segment where me and Michael pitch each other's sequels to the bloody video game-based movies we're watching. (laughs) Uh, Michael, what do you got for us this week? Bloody pitch me that popcorn sitch. Okay, so, Nelson, um, I think when I wrote this, I think a really important disclaimer is I wrote this before... I realized how well this film was doing in the box office oh. because I wrote it the night I watched it. Yeah, um, straight to DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I figured it was a movie Blu-ray. that wouldn't do well and yes. by Streaming. definition it wouldn't get a sequel. Right. So, in this pitch that sitch, essentially, they've realized that the Uncharted franchise didn't work out yes. and what they're going to do is they're going to pivot to another video game movie. Ooh. However, they haven't realized their mistake. They think, you know what? Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, they were bang on, but we just didn't pick the right movie. So what they're going to do, Nelson, is they're going to contact Illumination, the company who I believe is making the new Mario Brothers movie. Okie dokie. They're going to say, hey, here's what we're going to do. 
Mark Wahlberg, Tom Holland, that's a duo that cannot be beat. So yes. get rid of your Chris Pratt's. Get rid of your Charlie Days. Get rid of him. We're going to do the real Super Mario Brothers movie, and it's going to go what? back to live action, baby. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Tom Holland as Mario. Oh, For no. some reason, Mark Wahlberg as his younger brother, Luigi, <laughs> in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay. Uh, that's pretty much all I need to say, I think. No, you don't need to go no, anywhere with that. No, you don't <laughs> just stop on that kind of casting in that uh, kind of okay, movie. Are um, we looking at a sequel to the original live-action Mario Brothers movie? Because there's actually there's, there's, there's a comic <laughs> book series that follows directly on, so there's something nah, to base it nah, off. Nah, nah, So what happens is um, it's just Uncharted again, I guess. So Mario... Okay. Mario and Luigi, they end up deciding that they're going to hunt for lost treasure. Right. But instead of um, the character Chloe, they've got obviously Princess Peach. Naturally. <laughs> instead of um, Daisy, they've got Bardock for some reason. <laughs> the, yeah, the actress comes back, she was yeah. great. Um, and Antonio Banderas is Bowser, and yeah. he actually cares about Mario, so he puts in a fucking good performance. He, Does he? he he's like, I love doing kid films. This reminds me of my glory this days of Spy Kids, spy baby. Kids in the puss in the boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I he, do uh, play for the children. He puts in a perfect performance for the children. Excellent, uh, Mario. Who's come Toad? Here. Who's Toad? Let me think. Um, was there a guy in this at all? Yeah, uh, probably. The Scottish guy. Scottish <laughs> Hello! <laughs> 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 Uh, and uh, yeah, they're just—it's actually the the sequel that they they teased. Mm. Uh, they just go through that entire plot, but it's the Mario that cool sand world with the jiggly wiggly guys who are made of a series of spiky yellow Pokies, balls that yes. can kick out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it just goes, man, just as a movie and whatever, I guess. But it fails again, and then they bump them off to the third time. It's not Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg that's the problem. We'll find them their video game franchise, Nelson. Uh- all right, I want to keep through line because you have referenced my favorite film and a potential sequel to my favorite film, Michael. <laughs> it's now, not. It's, how a, are it's they, a reboot. How are they? How are they? How are they fucking this one up with directorial choices? Because for the f- f- first Mario Brothers film, Mookle, they had the bloody directors of Max Headroom come on to direct and r- help write that film. You would argue that Max Headroom is one of the greatest comedic achievements of all time. It was though. very, very much a product of its time, as was <laughs> yeah. the Mario Brothers film. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, fascinating. So I didn't think about that. To be honest, the director of Uncharted did 100% the best they could. It was pretty yeah. good, well directed. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I liked a lot of the camera choices, especially in the cargo plane scene. Mwah, I like mm, that scene. It's a bit too CG for me in some sections, but yes. Director can't do anything about that. He did doesn't control you, the Did budget. you notice that some scenes, like it was obvious that Tom Holland's face had been CG'd onto a CG body? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Some it wasn't. Well, <laughs> oh, no. Um... All right, Nelson. So this one, the yes. way they fucked this up, it's directed by Martin Scorsese. He's seen, <laughs> <laughs> he's seen all these Marvel movies and yeah, he's like, I'm going to cut this out, baby. I know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> and it's very long. It's very drawn out. Mm-hmm. And it involves, even though it's a Mario Brothers movie, yeah. most of the scenes are Robert De Niro and Al Pacino having a conversation over a table that's black and white. Mm, they're just playing like a random Cooper Trooper and a shy guy in the background in a bar in one scene. Yeah, and then it just weirdly cuts to them for a long and time. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. That's Super Mario Brothers. Well, there you go. Um, far and away, the greatest divulgence we've ever had for the sequel. <laughs> Michael, I'm going to bring us back 
to the source material. Re- reboot. <laughs> now, um, yeah, no, 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 I'm not rebooting. I'm overcorrecting, <laughs> no. Michael. Yeah, that's right. For my pitch that sitch, I'm going to take it uh, back to the source material, Michael. Um, but we're, uh, we've done a prequel to the Uncharted series. Naturally, we want to now move into the next Uncharted films. God knows what we're going to do because we've already used aspects of all four of the games that were available to us in our prequel to the... Games. <laughs> well, the next scene is sorry. the The post credit scene is yes. set in the location for Uncharted Two, so they are theoretically oh. jumping technically to two. Look, well, how do you like that? Well, we're not. We're fucking going right across. We're going straight past Uncharted Four. We're overcorrecting the franchises. People Ooh. didn't like the prequels. They didn't like Young Sully. They didn't bloody like Young Nathan Drake, or at least I didn't, Michael. But <laughs> yeah, it seems yeah, like yeah, the I'm audience feels about the same based on the critical reception. Mm-hmm. So in our title roles, we have bloody Nathan Fillion fan cast, hey. Is, hey? uh, and Everyone loved that Check out the film. short film Well yeah, critically great. received yeah. It was great He's playing Buddy Nathan Drake Now too old for the role As we've all agreed As as a society And uh, <laughs> playing Sully We've got bloody Famed character actor Buddy Alfred Molina Oh yeah, He's come he's back aged pretty well He's though. aged very well If you bloody put De-aging on him mate Like they did in the Spodemine movie. I've seen him in injuries Still looks pretty hot He looks pretty hot I fuck him So they age him up a little bit <laughs> They age him up a little bit Little buddy Captain America That's not right yeah, Captain they, America, they bring age, on. They age him up a little bit. They age him up a little bit, but uh, I think appropriately cast. Now, uh, this one, uh, they're also going a little bit truer to the franchise, okay. Michael. You see, normal kind of mystery unfolds. We've got mm-hmm. an evil troop of bloody money money grubbers uh, who are after a particular treasure. And we've got bloody Nathan Drake and Sully who are after another particular treasure. Nathan Drake Different doing all treasures, the work. so they weren't actually combined together to fight each other. Correct. Oh, um, good. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a pretty non-conflictual film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Except the bloody treasure. Study. The treasures crash into one another. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. What are we going to do? So but, we're bringing it back to movie territory, Delson. Yes, we certainly are. But in the game... There's always a supernatural element at the Ooh, end of the film. And like really? I said, this isn't so much of a sequel as it is an absolute overcorrection. So, as the, <laughs> as the treasure crashes into the other tr- treasure, sure. uh, both uh, sects come up to uh, observe and fight over the treasure. Mm-hmm. Bloody what bursts out of the tr- treasure? Bloody Cthulhu. No, close. Nosferatu from Ooh. Nosferatu, uh, played by Willem Dafoe, as he did in the film uh, that was about Nosferatu. How old was that? Nineteen nineties, uh, early noughties. I haven't seen. I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, we should probably check it out on this one. It's an excellent. Excellent film. Okay, but would you say it's a real bad film? Question mark. Still, uh, we'll get to that. But Nosferatu, he bursts forward, starts bloody swooping around, screaming, "I'm Nosferatu!" Sucking all the gold out of the gold because he's a special gold vampire. Gold vampire. Yeah. yeah what do you kill? Similar bloody? to Morbius, sucking through his hands. Damn right. Hey, maybe I'm segueing into something, Michael. <laughs> um, except I'm not because we're not doing Morbius till April. Yeah, quite a ways away. Uh, he sucks all the gold out of the gold. They've got to bloody stop him. How do you stop a vampire, Michael? Get, get Get your gold out of my gold. I want my gold. Yeah, that's bloody what uh, Nathan Drake's saying. How do you kill a vampire who yeah. sucks gold? Yeah, well, how do you kill a vampire with a bloody stake through the heart? If they suck bloody mm-hmm. gold, though, how do you kill them? Uh, platinum stake through the heart. Nah, just a cold stake on the face. Oh, <laughs> just slap me. Like a meat slate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, Nathan Drake pulls out his, his porterhouse that he found in... Um, 
he broke a code earlier on in a in a temple that that there was a there was a single stake, <laughs> single frozen a, stake. A small character trait we didn't mention is Nathan Drake knows everything about everything for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's prepared in any occasion. Yeah. So he flings that bloody stake, smacks Nosferatu in the face, melts Nosferatu. All the gold comes spilling out of him. Oh mm. no! Now it's liquid gold. The bad guys, well, they want to get to it, but what they don't realize is molten liquid gold. As they run towards the gold, starts case. bloody melting them down. They start sinking into the gold and breaking apart. Scream! Oh. Gaming. Bringing them right back all the way to the first Indiana Jones movie, Damn Nelson. Damn right. Forget oh bloody God. blood diamonds. Now you got bloody blood gold. Nathan Drake's left in a very tricky position. He doesn't want bloody gold covered in blood, but Sully doesn't give a fuck. He's all about that money, 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 money. Sure, right? you watch the blood off in his So, defense. Nathan Drake walks away. He doesn't take the gold. All the bad guys are dead. Sully also walks away, but later on we see, what does he pull out of his bloody pocket? Gold. Blood gold. Blood gold. Blood gold. Uncharted 7, Return of <laughs> Nosferatu's Treasure. Okay, so you're going to let them make two more video games before you release this movie? I assume also Nosferatu has been in a different film prior to this that we haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to kind of explain how a gold-sucking Nosferatu exists. We're not explaining it in this movie, though. This okay. is an absolute overcorrection. I love it. I think it's great. Thanks, mate. Well done, Nelson. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you actually giving me some bloody kudos on mine and a great one from you as well, Michael. (laughs) Everyone, thank you so much for listening. We know we've been a little bit shaky on our timelines. We do apologize. We're working through some stuff. We're working on some new stuff as well, which might be coming your way in six months' time. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I knew as I said it that we weren't ready to release (laughs) it. Uh, But we are working in the background on some new stuff for you guys, some new contents and new ways of sharing our content. Uh, which we'll keep you posted on as we go throughout this year. But yeah, yeah. everyone... Antonio Vendera's death meant nothing because his character had no gravitas and you never really cared the second his throat was slit. We're going back to watch Spy Kids. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> what is that thing on your face? Yeah, puberty's right around the corner, kid. You can grow your own.